Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Okay, I got a couple of things that I think we're going to give you some insight on uh, this hour. Three things, actually. COVID, the vaccines, and the masks. Uh, Two, we're going to give you some perspective on what happened uh, in Israel, what is happening in Israel, what the truth is behind that, and also a little on abortion. And this case that is being taken up by the Supreme Court. I heard a very positive and interesting theory. It's just a theory, but it seemed to make sense to me last night when I was talking to a couple of friends about why would the Supreme Court take this decision up? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I'll explain in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, timeshare termination team is there. If you, uh, if you are, well, if you're on your way this weekend and you're going to sit through some seminar that you just come and then, you know, you don't have to buy into the timeshare. Look, have another Mai Tai. Don't go. Don't do it. Timeshare, bad. Unless it's Disney, which will actually buy them back. Otherwise, you're in these things forever. And there doesn't seem to be any way out. And you're not getting what you were promised. You don't want it anymore. And you can't sell it. No, the, the salesman told me we could resell it. Uh-uh. uh-uh. He told you a lot of things, didn't he? Uh, here's the thing. Timeshares. If you, if you have one, you can get out. But you need the biggest attorney team on the planet to help you do it. Somebody who does this full time. And that's where timeshare termination team comes in. A lot of companies out there, but they have a dedicated team of in-house attorneys that work exclusively for the company, and they specialize in timeshare cancellation law. If they can't get you out, 100% money-back guarantee. And if you call them and tell them I sent you, you will save, uh, what is it, 20%. That's a great deal. And you don't lose anything if they don't get you out, 100% money-back guarantee timeshare termination team.com that's timeshare termination team.com or an easy way to remember is their phone number 888 get you out 888 get you out timeshare termination team.com all right so i want to bring in david harsani uh who is i think a brilliant brilliant man i rue the day that we let him escape from our clutches uh David Harsani is now the senior writer at National Review and uh, wrote a couple of articles that I want to talk to him about. One is, let's start here with the uh, uh, abortion and the abortion bill that uh, the Supreme Court just took up. Hi, David. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Um, I want to run this theory by you on why the Supreme Court took this particular case. Uh, because they have they've passed a lot of cases up and uh, but they took this one up and and the the logic from my friends who watch the Supreme Court and know kind of these things said that they've been looking for the right case and they only took on one aspect of this and that is the 15 months uh, you know uh, viability law and weeks 15 in, weeks of course yeah fif- i'm sorry 15 weeks viability uh clause and the reason why my friend tells me that this is happening is because 
this is the way to eventually dismantle all of it. But you have to come in at something reasonable people can agree with. Roe versus Wade is is all about viability. Well, babies are more viable. You know, that was 20 or 21 weeks. Now they're viable at 15 weeks. And so they're moving that to slowly make this their first pitch in with something scientific and not something that is religious or uh, based on morals, per se. Do you buy into that, David? Um, I don't. I, yeah, I, I kind of do. I mean, I don't know, if, uh, you know, the, the idea that they're have some kind of political angle that they're looking at is something I wish that they wouldn't do. But maybe it's just the reality of the world. Right. So right, um, if right, that's right. the case, the viability aspect is a good one, because as, as a political matter, most Americans are um, not if not totally against abortion, want the restrictions after the first trimester. So viability, which is always changing, which actually proves that the whole idea of viability is, is not right. actually right, um, is 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 a good issue to to, you know, to to tether to as you move forward. Yeah. And even if you don't change anything else, eventually we get down to the baby is viable at any time, uh, you know, just because of science and the way it is, um, it's moving forward. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the, unless you want, you have something else you want to go into your, your article on abortion was great, by the way, you want to touch on that? Well, I appreciate that. I, I just wanted to make the quick point that, that the idea that, you know, you don't have technology to save someone doesn't mean that they're not alive in the 1700s. We couldn't save people from infection. It didn't mean they weren't alive. And I think that that's the mm-hmm. argument. That's a rational, non-religious argument to make to people. It's a moral argument, but I think it's a, it's a strong one. Um, David, I miss your clear thinking. Um, you are one of my favorite people and, and, uh, you are just a, uh, a passionate person without basing your arguments in, in passion. Um, let's talk a little bit about the squad. You just wrote an article for the national review. The squad is rooting for Hamas. David, I don't, I don't think even, even under Obama, I don't think it was this bad. I, I don't think I have ever seen such clear-cut good versus evil and we seem to always be picking the side of evil in the last few months talk to me about israel and hamas yeah i mean listen israel is an imperfect plate democracy or you know a democratic nation like many others a liberal nation where there are courts of law and and uh, people are allowed to defend themselves and the nation is allowed to defend themselves so you know i have no problem with people who are critical of israel but when you take the side of Hamas, which is just a, it's a death cult, essentially, that wants not only to kill Israeli civilians, they want their own civilians martyred in this cause. I just it escapes me how anyone, anyone with uh, any kind of moral understanding of the world can can make an equivalency between the two. Israel is clearly defending itself. Uh, now, whether you believe Palestinians should have a state or not, this is not about that. Hamas doesn't accept an, a two state solution. It wants a one state solution. And, uh, you know, every country, any country, our country, we would respond probably in, in a more more aggressive way than, than even the Israelis are doing. Now, people talk about civil, civilian casualties. 
if you think about what Hamas is doing, they are embedded within civilian populations. Then you do you realize that the amount of civilians who are unfortunately dying in this conflict is actually rather small compared to other ones. So I just it's hard for me to even understand this one. Many, you know, most things on the left, I try to understand their point of view. But this Hamas boosterism within, you know, I don't understand it. But I do think a lot of it has to do that we're talking with the fact that we're talking about Jews here. And I can't be dissuaded of that by anyone. So um, that's how I see it. Well, that was um, I had uh, Dershowitz on yesterday uh, talking about this, and he said pretty much the same thing. He said, look, you don't see the squad or anybody outraged by Tibet and what's happening in Tibet Mm -hmm. or, you know, what's happening with the Uyghurs. They're just not there. And he said the reason is the only logical conclusion he can come to is because their enemy isn't Jews. He said if they were Jews, they'd probably care all of a sudden. Right. And not just that they're Jews, maybe that they're Westerners, you know, in the sense of colonizing this area and and people have a bad grasp of the history of this situation. They always want to go back in time and restart history in 1948 or 1967 or even before. And it's simply not how it works. But, um, yeah, I agree with him. I think this does have to do with Jews. So when you see Rashida Tlaib, uh, Nakba never ended. Give the audience a definition of what Nakba is. Well, you know, they were constantly talking about occupied territory. But when you say Nakba, which means that I think it's translated as the catastrophe, you're talking right. about 1948. You're talking about the very existence of, of the Jewish state. For her, um, occupied territory is all territory, even towns right. that have Jewish names dating back to, you know, before Christ. And that she believes that that all should belong to a new Palestinian state, which has, of course, never existed as an Arab country ever. Um so that's what she's talking about. We're not actually talking about, you know, 1967 armistice lines. We're talking about all of Israel. Why are people, I mean, David, it seems so clear to me, um, you know, who the Nazis are, uh, especially in this. I mean, they, they keep saying that the, the right is, uh, is all about white supremacy, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not about white supremacy. You're not about white supremacy. I honestly don't know anybody who is. I know they exist, but that is a very, very small number. And they keep calling us Nazis because we believe in the Constitution, which is not part of the Nazi philosophy. However, these, uh, you know, the squad is saying things that the Nazis would agree with. And many people uh, on Twitter, you can still find their their statements glorifying the killings of of Jews is America. Are we that detached from reality? Does does this continue down this road, or do we wake up or not? I'm asking. I guess. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've seen there are people who compare how progressives speak and how white supremacists speak, and it's often quite similar in their outlook on the world. It's identitarian. It's about color. It's it. it it, it uh, takes away agency from people and just makes it all about the way they're born, which is the exact opposite of what you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about, etc. Um, so I think that that in many ways they transpose that kind of thinking onto every situation. So like Israel, it's about white people and, and brown people, when in fact, 
hundreds of thousands of Israelis are refugees from Arab nations who never lived in the West, who look just like Arab people do. And, uh, you know, but they can't understand that, that not everything is about race. I don't know if we're ever going to wake up. I am actually I've always sort of thought that, you know, rhetoric about the end of the country, about the end of the Constitution was overdone. But now I don't think that anymore. I think it's in real trouble mm. because I don't think that the left progressive left at least believes in neutral principles that are in the Constitution, free speech, you right. know, individual rights of any kind. So that's a huge right. problem. And the younger you are, the less you believe in it. And now that they run the schools and the colleges and the, you know, and the and big business, I don't know how you, you turn it around anymore. Well, that's uh, that's more depressing than I used to make you uh, <laughs> when we would talk. Uh, <laughs> I remember times when I would tell you stuff and you'd be like, okay, I don't believe any of that. And I don't want to believe any of that. I'm there now, David. Like with you. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much of the responsibility of this, and this is one hope that I have that Americans will wake up because they saw low gas prices, jobs being created, not phantom jobs, but jobs, prices kept low, uh, and peace in the Middle East and the right track with China and Russia. And now all of it is coming undone all at once. And my hope is that people will actually see, wait a minute, yeah, I didn't like the way he tweeted and I didn't like some of the things he did, but compared to this, I want more of that and not this. And I, I think there's there's the possibility that they're exposing themselves because correct me if I'm wrong. Biden's policy, the reversal of the the foreign policy that Trump had is the reason we have this happening uh, over in Israel now. Agree or disagree? I think part of it is, is definitely the reversal having to do with Iran, having to do with releasing funds to the Palestinian Authority, having to do with the Palestinian Authority trying to create a problem to push the Biden administration to push Israel into some sort of Correct. deal, things like that. Um, and I think there will be blowback in the larger sense to what's going on, because if things turn poorly in the economy, people react that way and they have for a long time. Yeah. And in, in fact, even though Donald Trump lost, the Republicans actually did relatively well in that election as far as the House goes and things like that. So, yeah, I think there'd be some reaction. My problem with that is that that's, you know, economic and, and, and something I agree with. I'm for capitalism and, and all of that. However, there are underlying issues having to do with the yeah. Constitution that I'm not sure people are really uh, you know, grasping or, you know, my own kids go to school and the things they learn are, are really off putting to me to say the Just, least. So I worry about that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, all right, David, we'll talk again. Thank you so much for being on the program. David Harsani, he is a senior writer, national review and author of Euro trash, which is coming out, I think in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Isn't it David? Uh, in the fall. No, in it's coming fall. out in the fall. Uh, we I'd love to have you back. Make sure you come back uh, for that at least, but we'll have you back before then, I hope. Um, David Harsani, thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Imagine that you're one of the millions of Americans just now trying to get back into the job market by searching job postings and actually applying for them. 
Now imagine that some cyber criminal is targeting people just like you by posting fake jobs designed to trick you into revealing your personal information and your social security number. Well, guess what? That is actually happening and you have to be protected against it. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft do affect our lives every day because every day we're putting information at risk when we go online and in an instant. A cyber criminal could harm what's yours. I mean, look what they did to the pipeline. You don't think they'd do that to little old me or little old you? No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But uh, seeing that Joe Biden is in the captain's chair right now, I don't think anybody in the government is actually caring about this. And you need to keep what's yours, yours. LifeLock will help you do that. Join now, save up to 25%, excuse me, off your first year at lifelock.com, promo code Beck. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com, promo code Beck, save 25%. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, uh, no, let's, um, we have, uh, who do we have coming up here in just a second? Um, we have the author of resistance at all costs. She is a columnist for the wall street journal. Yeah. Kimberly Strassel. Um, and, um, she is, uh, she's talking about what we're talking about tonight on television. And that is the massive grab of property rights. The United States government is is now talking about um, taking the patents of these vaccines. It's much deeper than that. And this has happened before. Remember, Stu, we used to talk all the time about how stupid Hillary Clinton was for leading the campaign to get these vaccines taken by the government and take those patents so they could make them for everybody. And then what happened? Yeah, I mean, they were there. These companies decided they didn't want to make vaccines anymore because right. they, they couldn't. Uh, it was just nonstop punishment for them. They couldn't make money off of them. Whenever they worked well, the government stole their patents and and uh, and abused them and made it impossible so they, for the, for them to operate. They got out of the business. Yeah, and and what happened? Then when people needed vaccines, they were you remember the uproar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nowhere to be found. And the government asked the question, what are these companies thinking? These companies are thinking you stole all of their proprietary information. You just said you'll make them cheaper. So you said you were going to do that. And they decided, you know what? You stole our information. There's no money to be had here anymore. The government says they're going to do it. Go do it. And they didn't. And there's nobody to bitch to except to Hillary Clinton and the leftist who thought, you know, that really should not be private property. That should be public property. No, private property is important. If you can't own your ideas, why have them? Why develop them? Why go through all of the times that nobody, you know, this RNA vaccine this started with, a, I think, a black woman who had this idea back in the, I think, 80s. No one would listen to her. Mm-hmm. No one would listen to her. 
And she went from company to company to company. No one took her up on it. Yeah. Finally, one company did. And you're taking this now? After she went through everything, after the company risked everything, the other companies now that take it, they're risking. There was no evidence that this worked. They took all the risk. And you're going to take the credit and the patent? That's just wrong. Yeah, it really is an amazing story. It's it's funny because it, you know, a lot of people talk about this. This is a brand new vaccine. I mean, this technology has been in the works for 50 years almost now. It was I, 40 years. It was in the 80s. You're right. Yeah. Um, but she fought. It was a, yet another story of one voice fighting and fighting and fighting for this technology that everybody said wasn't going to work for decades and decades until someone said, eh, maybe that will work. And now here we are. And they're talking about not only, you know, the COVID thing, which at this point, we've talked about the pandemic basically being over because of uh, right. these vaccines, among other things. But in addition, they think that they may be around the corner from a cure to the common cold and all of these other types of uh, long-standing illnesses because of this technology that this one woman said, no, this will work. This will work. Let's keep and trying. fought for. Yeah. And fought for. Government has no right to take private property. No right to take it. And that is part of our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. We'll own nothing and be happy? I don't think so. The Great Reset of American Property, tonight on Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Don't miss my special. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Alrighty. So, if you like free books, how about the number one book I recommend in terms of preparedness for what's coming for the uh, U.S. if the economy doesn't turn around? I talked to you earlier this month about the book called The Crisis Preparedness Handbook. If you don't have it, you should. It is uh, it's something that won't make you feel guilty or like you can't catch up or you can't get it done. It's really great. covers so much territory. Well, Goldline, uh, who is always interested in people being prepared, decided to buy up a bunch of these books. And uh, for the first 75 customers today that are qualified, they'll receive a free copy of the Crisis Preparedness Handbook shipped directly to you. The first 75 people who uh, acquire pre precious metals this week, new and existing clients will qualify. Don't wait. You'll get a copy of this book as an extra bonus. It is 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. And don't miss Back to Back, Stu Does America, and Glenn Beck on Blaze TV. You can watch it on Pluto TV for free from any device you might have. Tonight is a must-watch special. The Wednesday night special is We'll Own Nothing and Be Happy, The Great Reset of American Property. Our property rights uh, through many, many things this government is doing, the property rights are going away. Do you own what you own? You know, the World um, uh, Economic Forum says that by 2030, we'll own nothing and we'll all be happy about it. Well, the problem is, is someone will own something. We're just going to be renters. We'll be serfs. One of the things that makes America so different and, and really the, the, the head of 
innovation and industry has been for so long we have protected private property rights and now through uh, taxation that could go as high as 65 percent the taxing the corporations and and our treasury secretary is over in the eu trying to get all countries on board to have a minimum tax for all corporations that's crazy crazy um, taking away your right to move away from an oppressive tax where they are taking your profits. But it's worse. Right now, there is a, a, a concerted effort to take away the patent rights for this vaccine. Now, this vaccine is more than just a vaccine. It's, it's an RNA technology that took 10 years to develop. Uh, and they were they were working on uh, on this vaccine for a long time. It started in the 1980s, but now uh, it uh, has taken them 10 years. I think it's Pfizer that was doing it. Uh, the RNA technology. They took 10 years investing in this. This is the first thing that has worked. They've just mastered this and cracked this, and now they just make a profit on it. And now it's being taken away. That's crazy. That will stop everything. So what's going to happen next? Kimberly Strassel, she is the author of Resistance at All Costs, which I have not read yet, but I've read about it and read excerpts. And it sounds fascinating. Kimberly, I want to talk to you if we have time on that. Um, You're a Wall Street Journal editorial board member and a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Tell me about our property rights and our intellectual property rights going away. Well, hi, Glenn. It is great to be here. And I couldn't agree more with what you just said, that this is our protections of property rights are in our Constitution. Uh, Remember that great line, uh, no property, private property will be taken for public use without just compensation. And we apply that to intellectual property. It is why we have had. Uh, the miraculous drug makers that we have that have done so much for our health and for the well-being of not just American citizens, but world citizens because of our innovation. Um, uh, it was actually Moderna that spent 10 years working on Moderna, this mRNA. Right. And, yep. and as you mentioned, they only just turned their first profit. It was a breakthrough technology that they managed to then uh, almost just ingeniously in the space of a year turn into working vaccine, which required, by the way, not just uh, finishing the technology, but standing up an entirely new production process to actually get it into arms. Um, And now we have the Biden administration saying they want to waive those intellectual property protections and give away this American uh, ingenuity to countries like China, uh, you know, the country that potentially gave us this uh, virus in the first place. Um, and this has been a longtime goal of the left. And the worrisome thing is that you they make very clear that giving the vaccine away is just the first step. What does that mean? 
in terms of first steps. So, you know, it was very revealing. It was very revealing. So remember, intellectual property protections, the entire regime uh, is actually done by law uh, and it's Congress's remit. Um, And if you go through history, there's been many, many major pieces of legislation that explains how long you get patents and under what circumstances and when are things available to be made in a generic form, etc. And the Elizabeth Warrens of the world know that they can't convince Congress to change that. So their new strategy is to try to erode these property rights in trade negotiations or get the WTO to cancel them. Um, She was at a Senate finance hearing just last week, and she said special protections for drug companies are an even bigger issue than COVID-19 alone. She actually said that. She suggested that the fact that drug companies are allowed to create technology and then retain a right to profit from their innovation is a bigger problem than the pandemic we just dealt with. This is just a, 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 a it's delusional thinking. It is a, a complete lack of understanding of human nature. If you want cancer to be cured, then give people the incentive do you know how much money people will make if they come up with a shot that stops cancer? If you take away that incentive, why would they invest for decades of not being able to turn a profit just in the hopes of eventually getting there and being able to turn a profit? Why would people do that? It goes against human nature to take away the reward at the end. Absolutely. And especially bear in mind, too, that for every one of these innovations that actually works, hundreds do not. Um, And so those one innovation that matters, it's all the more important that they retain that intellectual property right and the ability to get a return on their investment because they're doing all kinds of research that this is the nature of science. It just doesn't work out. And, And we're not just talking about the drug companies. We're talking about the investors need to put forward the capital to, to, to fund that 10 years of research. Who's going to do that if at the end of the day, the government is going to steal? Because by the way, that is what we are talking about. The government is going to steal all of your hard work and take it for themselves and give it to the rest of the world. Well, it's easy. Uh, who's going to invest in, in that? A public-private partnership with the federal government. I don't know if you saw the speech that the president gave in front of Congress a couple of weeks ago. Um, But before that speech, he talked to the reporters and it was reported verbatim by CNN and others that the president said, look, the big question of this century is whether a republic and a democracy like ours can even compete with countries like china or russia they have a system over there that they partner with the corporations if that's what you want to call it partner with the corporations and they can get things done much faster they are on the road of china is the new model yeah <laughs> this is so Do you agree with that because it well, it, it, it completely, it's a completely fuzzy view of what actually happens. Um, you know, what you're actually seeing in Russia and in China are the governments, in the case of, of 
China, a communist government, in essence, commandeering and forcing business to do its will. Um, and they might be able to get some things done quickly. But if you've seen some of the recent stories about, for instance, China's Sinovac vaccine, it turns out that, uh, you know, they were very quiet about their, their final trials. Um, and it's because it looks to be far less effective than China was promoting. It was it was propaganda in terms of its the claim that it was this extraordinary success. Now, that's very different from what I actually thought was an incredibly amazing model that we saw in the United States, in which at a time of emergency, the federal government here recognized that private ingenuity is always better than government. And this was certainly the view under the last administration. And they reached out and asked, if they could have the help of the private sector. And you right. saw this extraordinary American corporate community come together and offer drive-through testing at CVS. And you saw Abbott ramp up this amazing new testing regime in the space of weeks, which, by the way, a good thing we had that private sector innovation because this was after the federal government had failed in its own first attempt to make, an, uh, make a test mm-hmm. to diagnose covid so that's the kind of partnership that works, where you acknowledge that the free market uh, does things better than government coercion. But um, but you you know as well as Biden's proposing, right? And it's not the model that any of the Democrats wanted when Trump was in office. I can't t- I can't count the number of times those Democratic politicians were saying you've got to just enforce this uh, by by telling these companies this is what you're going to do. And Trump kept saying over and over again, why would I do that? I've just asked them and they're doing it. Why would I, you know, why would I evoke some, you know, new executive order where I'm just I'm now the head of their company and I'm telling them what to do. Uh, And they they were begging for him to do that. And thank God he didn't. But that's where their mind is. Yep. As soon as Biden came in, they made an enormous show the first month about how Biden was going to mobilize the Defense Production Act and boss all these companies around and tell them what to do. They were already doing it and they're happy to do it. I mean, we saw this beautiful thing. I mean, people love to trash on corporate America, but look at the number of companies that, you know, immediately offered compassionately the number of small businesses that continued to pay their employees even while they were seeing the bills pile up. You know, uh, American businessmen and women are the extraordinary backbone in this country. And one last little point on this, you know, you also see Democrats saying, well, you know, the federal government poured billions of dollars into Operation Warp Speed, and therefore this ought to belong to the people. Um, Actually, this was the federal government recognizing that that cash infusion was going to speed things along and that it was going to be to the benefit of the American people. Um, That was the deal that was made, not some, you know, wink, nod. And by the way, at the end of this, we'll just steal everything that you you put into it. Kimberly Strassel, uh, she is the author of the uh, book Resistance at All Costs. Uh, She also is with The Wall Street Journal as a columnist, and she's on the uh, she's a board member on the editorial board. Um, We thank you for being on. I'd like to have you back uh, real soon because I do want to go into resistance at all costs because I think your your point in this book is is a really important one that uh, Americans really need to see and understand uh, what the what the what is what is the effect of resistance at all costs? 
so we'll have you back. Kimberly, thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. You bet. Bye-bye. Okay, let's see here. American financing. Man, you know, the one thing, the one thing that is amazing about our economy is the beating it has taken for almost 20 years now. Started with September 11th and just been beaten to death with sticks. Uh, and it's still standing. And it's, it's hard to imagine our country falling or our dollar being not the world reserve currency or being into hyperinflation. But now Bank of America says we are already seeing transitory hyperinflation. So what are you doing to shore up financial distress? What are you doing to protect your family? Well, may I suggest that you call American Financing right now. Make sure that you save money wherever you can. Get yourself locked into a lower interest rate that will help keep it that way. Keep a low interest rate, the lowest you can find on your mortgage. You might want to refi right now or do a consolidation loan. Take all of those high interest credit card debt and fold that into your mortgage without resetting the terms of your loan. It's American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net. Call them now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. I invite you to go to AmericanFinancing.net and find out how they can help you. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. <laughs> I love the comments on the uh, Instagram post from last night. I was waiting for my daughter after her show, and uh, she, was, uh, she was, you know, in the theater still. And uh, I'm waiting for her so I can take her home. And uh, she's in there forever. So I took a, a video. My wife took a video of me in the car uh, uh, singing. Uh, it's all about the bass. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I did a very good job. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to her. And I said, when you, if you make me wait any longer, I'm rolling the windows down of the car. And when you come out, I'm going to dance. And I showed her a little bit of that dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was amazing. She came right out of the theater. She wasn't happy for some reason, uh, but she came right out of the theater. Hmm. And the, you know, the, the great thing is, is, I mean, the comments are uh, <laughs> some of my best memories with my dad is when he, at the time, was so embarrassing. Uh, I love it because now I'm a dad and I'm embarrassing my kids, uh, you know. <laughs> My husband can't wait to do stuff like this to our kids. Uh, you know, why have kids if you can't embarrass them? Right? Right? There's I mean, no other reason to have them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything else is bad, you know? <laughs> uh, your parents. I didn't ever think. I, I never. Hmm? Everything else is bad. <laughs> well, uh, I never thought, mm-hmm. you know, my parents were intentionally trying to embarrass me. Uh, you know, I just thought they were embarrassing but they might have been intentionally doing it. I mean, because I find so much joy in it. Maybe it's just me, but I mean, I think you can see in that Instagram post uh, last night. Uh, I, I, I was fully 100% in. Yeah. Well, there was, it, it's you were, you, you did not, you did not go halfway on that one. Uh, you went for it. And you know, they always yeah, say, well, they say youth is wasted on youth and it's like, 
Well, one of the things that causes that is that as you get older, you don't care what anyone thinks about you anymore. Exactly. Like, it's such, it's exactly such a right. superpower. It's so it is. <laughs> it is. My wife said, I don't think you want to post that. After she took the video, I said, oh, you should post that. And she said, I don't think you want to post that. And I said, you think I care? Of right. course I do. Post away, baby. <laughs> we'll see you tonight, 9 o'clock, only on Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program.